Alrighty, let's uh, get this thing fired up. Welcome to the Simple On Purpose podcast. All opinions expressed by me or guest of the podcast are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Life Moves Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment or financial decisions. Clients of Life Moves Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. All right, so I've been thinking a bit about uh, what's called set point theory. And uh, I've been thinking about this because um, the way the theory works, and I'm going to explain it here. I'm actually going to go through a podcast. uh, I'm sorry, on this podcast, I'm going to go through a blog post uh, that I posted earlier today. And uh, this is Friday, November 4th. And uh, it's on this uh, set point theory. And I think you know, there's set points in fitness. I think that there's actually uh, set points in money. And so we're going to go through that. So here's the thing with set points. Um, I, in the mornings, when I wake up, and I'm an early riser, I'm up at 5 uh, Monday through Friday, unless I decide to sleep in till 6, like I did this morning, because once in a while I do that, because I can. But most days I'm up at 5, and on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, usually up around 6. Uh, definitely at 6 on Saturdays and Sometimes uh, six, maybe seven on Sundays, depending on what happens Saturday night. Anyhow, I get up in the morning, I do my morning routine, I stand on the scale, and what's happened lately is I tend to just stay within the same range of about one or two pounds, and I can do um, all the work that I wanna do with exercise or with diet and still kind of stay in that range. And so lately, uh, I've been running a lot because tomorrow, November 5th, which is a Saturday, um, I will be running the Rugged Maniac race with a group of my friends. So I've been running a lot lately, but usually I don't like to run. I'll be on my bike. I'm a road cyclist, uh, so I'll ride. And, uh, you know, I try to do the right things with my diet. We eat pretty well. I don't really put a lot of sugar in my diet, although Halloween just happened, so there is some Halloween candy around the house, which is bad. But I don't put sugar like in coffee or anything like that. Um, and I'm pretty good with my diet. You know, we don't eat a lot of junk food. We do uh, a lot of good vegetables and chicken and turkey and things like that. Nothing too crazy. Um, but no matter what I do, it, it tends to just kind of stay in that range. And so that's really how set point theory works. So if you haven't heard of set point theory, as it relates to health, Set point theory essentially states that your body has a normal set range for weight. So if you've ever gone on a cycle of diet and exercise, like I was just describing, and if you've lost any weight as a part of that, which I've done before, um, and then you see your weight kind of creep back up to where you started, which is where I am right now, that is set points at work. Uh, So I found an article on healthline.com, and if you go to the Simple On Purpose blog post, which is simpleonpurpose.substack.com and look at the set point theory post. Um, You can actually go read this article as well. But according to healthline.com, set point theory states that our bodies have a preset weight baseline that's hardwired into our DNA. According to this theory, our weight and how much it changes from that set point might be limited. The theory says that some of us have 
higher weight set points than others and our bodies fight to stay within that range. So if you caught that the same way that I did, they're basically saying when it comes to weight control, not only have it, but also biology might be fighting against your fitness efforts. I actually think there's a similar effect with money. Um, so I'll tell you one of the words that I strongly dislike, um, really, really, really don't like to use and I don't use in my practice of financial planning is the word budget. I think that more money has been made off of that word by quote unquote financial gurus than almost any other word in the financial lexicon except for maybe the word retirement. There's an awful lot of money made on the word retirement. If you don't believe me, just uh, this weekend when you're watching football, count how many commercials you see from financial institutions talking about saving for retirement. Okay, anyway, the trouble with budgeting and the word budget is all the negative associations with the word. It's restrictive. It raises anxiety. You feel like you need permission from, your spell, uh, from yourself to spend money against your prior commitments to yourself and you justify not spending money and not granting yourself permission to spend money with phrases like, oh, it's not in the budget, or because it's November, somebody might say, oh, it's no spend November. I'll tell you what, as a side note, whoever came up with no spend November is an absolute idiot. And here's why I say that, because if you think about what happens in the month of November, right, we're just coming off Halloween, it's fall, there's like pumpkin patches, and well, maybe those are done by now, but still, there's things to do with your family, um, you know, it's football season, Thanksgiving comes around the corner, so you have to spend money on Thanksgiving if you have a family, right? Try coming to Thanksgiving without a turkey or mashed potatoes or a bottle of wine or something like that. And then right behind Thanksgiving, there's always the whole Black Friday, Cyber Monday thing. And so you get your Christmas deals and you spend money in November. So no spend November, stupid. Try like no spend, I don't know any other month where it works. April, I, January, I don't really know. Anyway, whatever. Here's the thing. The word budget is so deeply ingrained in our financial lexicon and from some of those gurus, the ability to successfully budget proves to them that you have basic financial literacy. And I just don't think that's accurate. Um, being prudent to spending less than you earn is financially healthy, much like being prudent to consume less calories in a day than you burn is physically healthy. So we need a word, something to call the spend less than you earn, be fiscally sound thing if it's not the word budget, even just the word budget, the way it sounds, budget, budget, it sounds harsh and mean and cruel. Um, so if we want to get a different word or a different set of words to replace the word budget, right, sounds all that, um, let's use the word cash flow. Ah, there we go. Cash flow. Doesn't that sound nice? It's like money is flowing in and it's flowing out and it's relaxing. You feel less anxiety, right, with that word. So let's use cash flow in place of budget. Let's also go back to set point theory and let's and let's tie it to why I think that money is is uh, uh, has a similar effect. So for those of you who are on a salary, the amount of money that you bring in on a regular basis is fixed. Maybe you get a bonus once in a while, but that should really never be relied upon for cash flow planning. For those in commission-based performance uh, or you know some other 
kind of variable income, uh, you probably have an average range that tends to be consistent. And when we're talking about variable income and with you know the potential for bonuses, um, it's one area where people do get tripped up a lot because they'll plan expenses based on the bonus they received last year or even worse, and this one is even worse, they'll plan expenses based on an expected tax refund in the spring. Some people absolutely mistake that for a bonus check and that is a rant and that is a really big rant that I have for another post, but I digress. We'll save that for later. So you might think of your salary as your expected top line revenue with the possibility of growth, which would be a bonus along the way. Then once you have your income, you have your expenses and this is where the set point theory comes into play. So there's three types of expenses that I look at. The first is called fixed expenses, which is gonna be your mortgage, rents, car loans, insurance premiums, anything with a required payment that is a fixed amount. Then there are variable expenses. You've got utilities, groceries, fuel, anything that's still necessary, but has a variable cost. And then finally, what's left after fixed expenses and variable expenses are your discretionary expenses. And these are things like a gym membership, streaming services, dining out, anything that consumes cash that you could cut out if absolutely necessary. So once the fixed and the variable expenses are paid each month, your lifestyle starts to take over. You get used to spending a certain amount of money on a monthly basis. Sometimes you might spend more than usual because of an unexpected expense, or maybe you treat yourself with a little fun money. And for anyone who has seen Parks and Rec or have somebody force you to watch Parks and Rec, in my case, um, that treat yourself is going to be familiar. In fact, if you go to the blog post, there's a treat yourself gift. So check that out. Anyway, sometimes you spend a little bit more, but then what happens is you're spending it reverts back to the normal range. And if it starts to feel out of control, you might start looking for places to cut. Popular victims for budget cuts or cash flow cuts um, are things like eating out, streaming subscriptions, cutting back on vices like, um, you know, maybe it's wine or whiskey or cigars or um, ice cream, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you stop giving money to charities or your church or whatever. But usually that only lasts for just a couple of months because you start to give in a little bit here and there. And then before you know it, you're right back to your previous normal spending range. Does that sound familiar? Okay. How's your New Year's resolution to lose 10 pounds and get in better shape coming? Hmm? So set points, right? With money... It's more like habit and psychology are fighting against your fiscal efforts. And if you remember earlier, I said that with, um, with weight control, it's your habits and your biology that are fighting against your fitness efforts. So habit, psychology, fighting against fiscal efforts. And since cash flow is a more comfortable word, let's talk about how to manage that set point effect on your money. So first, spending is not a bad thing. I'm gonna say that one more time. And a little bit louder for those in the back. Spending is not a bad thing. Saving money is not a bad thing. However, it's actually easy 
to do a financially unhealthy amount of either of those. And you're probably asking, how in the heck can saving too much be financially unhealthy? Well, it's actually quite simple. People who oversave intentionally lower their spending range, which can be healthy for a time. However, they're actually running the risk of starving their current lifestyle for the benefit of a future one they may never get to enjoy. Or another risk is reaching a point where they're so tired of saving that they start consuming at a high rate. They just, they have had enough, they go on a bender, they start buying stuff. Now, an exception here might be someone who earns far above average and they still keep their expenses low because frankly, unspent money is very easily to accumulate. But outside of the exceptions, because many people know what they're going to earn on a given month, they also have a good idea of what they can spend. Some people couldn't tell you the exact amount that they spend on a monthly basis. Could you, if I asked you, could you tell me to the dollar how much you spend on a monthly basis? Can you get within $100? A lot of people can't, but what a lot of people do know is that they have probably spent less than they earn. Now, if somebody knows that they're spending more than they earn, that's an entirely different conversation. But for the most part, people have a general idea that they're spending less than the amount of money that they're bringing in. Now, the key here is to make your cash flow flow. The financial gurus who give all the financial you know, blanket advice like go eat rice and beans or never go to a restaurant unless you're working in the restaurant or cut up your credit cards or um, you know, save until it hurts, like all those things. Uh, they're actually controlling, or sorry, they're ignoring how the psychology of money works and how it controls the way that you make those decisions. Um, those financial mechanisms, what I'm gonna call them, they can be helpful to some, and there are definitely uh, a lot of success stories that I'm not gonna attempt to diminish, but those very mechanisms can be harmful to some people. Why? set point theory so you have to control the flow of money and rapid increases or cuts can be harmful to your financial health much like rapid weight loss or gain can be harmful to your physical health and according to a fitness instructor i know you can carefully lower your set point range over a period of time so the body is programmed, right, going back to fitness, the body is programmed for where it is right now. That's your homeostasis. So when I stand on the scale and I see myself within the same stinking range of weight of a couple of pounds, that's my homeostasis. That's where my body is programmed. You can work it lower and then you can allow the body to adjust and reprogram and so on until you reach your desired but healthy weight. However, once it's there, once you've reached that point, you have to keep up the effort and keep doing all the work to keep your body in that new range. Otherwise, you'll start moving right back up to where you started. And the same is true for cash flow. If you want to spend less, if you want to increase savings, if you want to pay off debt, or if you want to put money aside for a planned purchase, you have to make defined decisions about how you're going to do that and then work it into your cash flow over time so that you get your money mindset used to the change, right? Th this doesn't just happen overnight. You've got to work yourself into it and then adjust to it. So your financial decisions and the considerations are much like your body. It's different from everybody else. And what works for you 
may not work the same for somebody else. So this is the part of the work of the financial planning that we do and understanding how changes in your financial habits impact your financial health and how you mentally and emotionally adjust to those changes. That's what it's all about. That's what financial planning is. So I'm going to stop there. But I wonder, what do you think about the um, set points and what experience do you have with that and, uh, and with trying to figure out how to make those adjustments to your uh, financial life and financial decisions? You can head over to the simpleonpurpose.substack.com and uh, you can leave me some comments there. You can always uh, send an email and um, you can also reach me if you go to lifemoveswealth.com. All the contact information is there. But I'd love to know what you think about this and, um, and uh, maybe we'll have a conversation from there. So thanks for listening to the Simple on Purpose podcast. This is episode one. And we will see you and your ears on the next podcast. Take care.